everyone. Welcome along to My Sporting Mind. It's Charlie Webster here. For our regular listeners who know, or if you're just discovering us, this podcast is all about opening up the conversation around mental health in sport and in life as well. Season two is proudly supported by SportingLife.com, providing sporting opinion, debate and analysis for over 160 years. Today, I'm really, really chuffed to welcome the Crystal Palace goalkeeper, Jack Bolton, to the podcast. Welcome along, Jack. Thank you very much. A little clap Pleasure. for you. Um, you. <laughs> well, firstly, how does it feel to what, at the end of a season? Um, we were talking about on the way home yesterday, it was like, oh, it's, it's another one in the books. You know, how many of how many is that for you now? I was on, on the way back with Gary Cahill and Joel Ward and um it was like, you know, we were like, what what defines a preseason? What's what's the end of a season? We said our oh, our first professional start, if you like. So I was Cheltenham when I was seventeen and Gary was seventeen. Uh, that's seventeen uh fourteen preseasons for Gary or whatever it was, or seventeen, and it was like I was just sat there thinking you know, it, it goes fast. You know, I've had 11 professional seasons, if you like, and I'm thinking I've still got a lot in me, but I've done 11. There's another one ticked off. Um, and it was an emotional day yesterday because it was, um, we all know the manager's decision yeah. and moving on, but that also meant staff, some of the staff within. It also meant some of our players that we got quite a few out of contract. And it was like, we got off the train and it was, you know, goodbye. That was it. Done. And you just think, I remember saying to one of the young lads in the change room, Tariq Mitchell, I just said, enjoy it because it, it goes quick. It flies by. We've got an incredible job, but it, it doesn't half go quick. So, you know, put everything into it. You can and soak it all in because um, it's a bit of an ominous feeling at the end of the season, you know, because there's guys, you know, like I mentioned, Gary and, and Joel, guys I get on extremely well with have been brilliant for the club but their futures are up in the air I'm contracted next year but I might not actually share a share a train with these guys again you know and it's that constant conveyor belt and constant unknowing of a lot of people and as you get older those those decisions become and those end of season moments become a lot more defining because you don't know what's next you know at the age of 21 22 you know, you've got another year, or you've some kids have signed a five-year deal, and there's that there's that guarantee there. Whereas you start to get older, and you start to see mates unsure in the future, managers, you know, hang up hang up their notepads if you like, and you know, it's um, it ends up being a, it goes from when you're younger being a, oh, let's go on holiday, can't wait, let's get some sun, <laughs> to almost a bit of um, a, an emotional kind of uh, full stop if you like, and um. Yeah, it, it, it starts to feel different. Yeah. Has it made you, I mean, you know, to give some context, I'm as I'm speaking to you and as people are listening, it's li- I'm literally speaking to you the day after yeah. uh, the yeah. weekend. So yeah. has it made, does it make you reflect? I know you were saying as you get older, it makes you think, oh, hang on a second, you know, there's yeah. people like you were talking about Gary, who knows if they're going to be there. Does it make you reflect about yourself? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've... You you share a change room with so many different characters and you and and people value different things. Some people's motivations, there's absolutely no right or wrong answer for your motivations, but there's some that, you know, I'm just I just want to be the best I can be. I want to play desperately. I want to be out there. I love the game. I love doing what what I do. Um so there's that emotional how many more have I got? You know, so you've got that difficult aspect to it. You've got 
people driven by I need a new contract. Some people have got them, um, and and it and it's and it, yeah, it it become it becomes really difficult, and it makes you value what you do. This season's been massive for me for behind the scenes more than anything. You know, I haven't played as as much as I want, but it's been one of the most important seasons for me. Kind of just finding what I can do and finding the form and finding the for the want of a rubbish word, my mojo again, if you like. And, and that's been kind of done. So I'll look back at this season as being an extremely important one for me, despite not featuring as much. But um, yeah, you, you you start to, you know, I, I just want to start pre-season. So you, you just start to value things more. I think as you get older as well, you think mm. how many more have I got left? And yeah, it, it, it's a short career, unfortunately, but you've, you've got to make the most of it. And um you start, certainly start to value your relationships more. You start to value the managers that you've had more and the good ones and the good relationships with players and the good teams. And, and it starts to make you think about what you are offering, what are you bringing to the table, how much more can you do on and off the pitch. And um, yeah, I look at it from that way. I do a lot of thinking over it like that. Some others, some others not so much, but I think that's all our, our, our different characters. Um, you start to value it more and... Like I said, after after getting off the train last night, it was between me, Gary and Joel. I don't think we wanted it to be a see you later. So we ended up, you know, going around Joel's for a few drinks to say, like, we didn't want it to be a just get off the train and, and see you later. It was yeah. actually, do you know what? We've got some good relationships here and and let's go and have a, let's have a chat and let's have a few drinks and, and kind of reminisce and, and treasure those, treasure those relationships and those moments because as I touched on earlier, it, it goes all too quick. It's, you know what, in football, we don't tend to talk a lot about relationships. I think when we, you know, me as a journalist, I spent years in football and I don't think it's something that's really talked enough about in terms yeah. of relationships behind the scenes and the constant conveyor belt and the moving, but the relationships yeah. that are formed and then suddenly you have to go and make yeah. a new relationship. Um, I wanted to just ask you because I was going to talk to you and ask you how you've been coping this season, especially with not with being on the bench more often than not. But it was really interesting that you said actually the work's been done almost behind closed doors and how much that's helped helped you. How how do you reframe that mindset where you're not because you said you know desperate even for preseason and you haven't even yeah. had your off season yet? As I'm yeah, talking yeah. Yeah. So how do you mentally cope with that? How did you reframe? Um, to go, I need to find my mojo and I'm going to use this. Do you know what it was? Um, the the last eighteen months at Stoke was probably the most difficult of my of, and toughest of my career. Um, and I think that will remain that way. I, I, be, I believe that because that was the first time in the past I'd had injuries, one that kept me out for a long time at a really pivotal moment in my career, if you like. I came back from that with, and the whole that whole injury process, I'd never changed as a as a person. The drive, the goals, the confidence, the belief was was just, I'm getting back and I'm coming back at it. Whereas Was that when you fractured your ankle? Yeah, yeah. when I broke my ankle against, Which was um, 2016, Germany. Which 2016, right? 16. Yeah. Um, and coming back from that was like, was it had its setbacks, but got back from that. But the last 18 months at, at Stoke really was the hardest of my career because I had completely lost all confidence. You know, I had still had buckets amount of belief and knew what I could do, but my 
my confidence in and my it, it i was i was in a bad on a bad place i wasn't in a depression i wasn't in a but i was struggling for form and confidence in myself so much that it was at a time when as a club we were struggling as well we'd gone yeah. through relegation attempt to get back up we didn't do well multiple manager changes multiple in and out subsignings and a real struggle as a club to find a formula and it was at that time I was having my most difficult period so for me it put a real it was a difficult end to that that career and uh, my time at Stoke and during that period there was a real search for um, search for that form and I think what I've always done to myself is I've always and I've never and I still don't see it as a as a bad trait I've always put an incredible amounts of pressure on myself to be at the top to be a leader to be all of those things and in the end during that time it kind of backfired it backfired because you it's difficult to do those things with a confidence and with a, a determination when you're not playing well and you're and you're struggling to find that yeah. um find that so it, it just become a real difficult vicious circuit if you like of trying too hard not performing trying harder and got myself in a bit of a just just really struggled to perform and and it didn't reflect um you know kind of as as I'd want and it wasn't the way that I wanted to finish my time at Stoke and so that was a real difficult time for me and it got to the point where I was I was trying everything ended up not not in the team so many changes around the goalie department around the management around the team and I I in the end I just felt like I needed I needed a new environment and that doesn't always that that opportunity doesn't always present itself for people for me an opportunity came up at Palace where there was people that believed in me um not to say those at Stoke didn't for the record um but sometimes you need a new you need a new environment and a new challenge and yeah sometimes it that, kind of feels like you're constantly hitting your head against a wall and you almost need to yeah. take yourself out of it to be able yeah. to th- to be able to yeah. think, okay, how can I reset this? And and that is exactly what Palace did for me. So the the, the behind the scenes kind of thing, we're not talking about a, a, a let's let's break Jack down to his basics and rebuild him. I meant someone mentioned it, and it really it really got to me. It was before I left Stoke. Was this the word of uh, me and my agent spoke about it, and we said that the word rebuild got mentioned. Right. And it didn't sit well with me or him because that's not what that's not what I needed. We didn't have, and I wasn't someone that needed a needed a rebuild. I needed a platform on which to just enjoy what I was doing again. And that was tough uh, at Stoke. Didn't feel like in the end had that, and and it gave me an opportunity to walk into a new environment and just and just be myself um, with no. Um, no fit just take the shackles off and just just go and do what I do and and unfortunately as I did get there that is exactly that exactly what it was I felt like myself almost immediately walking through the door and working with the guys working with the keepers in that new environment it just gave me a new a new lease of life and unfortunately for me in another sense is that that also that environment I walked into has also got the best out of a goalkeeper that's gone on to be our player of the season this year and I uh, haven't had kind of as many opportunities as, as I found what I've shown people, you know, whether it not be publicly, that's fine. But I've shown people within the club that I'm back to my best, if you like. And um, 
it's been exactly the change that I needed. And, and, and that's probably why I'm so eager for pre-season is because, yeah, I've really got that, that I've never lost that drive, but I've really got that confidence mm-hmm. back to, to start a new, start a new season. I wonder if you don't mind me asking why the yeah. word rebuilds got to you so much. Cause sometimes I think we have those things where something really triggers us and we're like, no, you don't, you don't understand. Yeah. Did you feel like people were questioning you or just didn't understand what, yeah, I think, it was a, I think it was a bit of, um, it hurt my pride a little bit. And that's probably another aspect of the difficult time that I was having. It was like uh, I was a standard for myself of performances over the years and what people expected me. And I wasn't at that level and was desperately trying to be. So I was trying to show people that I haven't lost it, if you like. I think yeah. people were almost trying to say that I've, I'd lost that and knew I hadn't lost it. You don't just become a bad goalkeeper overnight and suddenly you lose your talents like like Space Jam. Do you know what I mean? People just don't just, it doesn't disappear. Um, and that was what was was bothering me is I felt people were almost insinuating that I'd, I'd lost that for some reason. The word rebuild gets used, but there was no effort on those lines to, it was a flippant word used and I didn't like it. It just felt like it, well, I was being treated asset more than a person. And I was like, hang on a minute, this is that's not that's not fair. And I think in the end, that's why the change was 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 what I needed. Um, and I've at least proved to the people around me and proved to myself that I absolutely have not lost what I what I had, and, and still so much to give. And um, I've got my best years best years ahead of me. So it was a definite burning fire inside me. You can see how driven you are mentally and it's almost like that's how what got you to where you are. But then I could almost pick, because I'm somebody who puts a lot of pressure on myself and yeah. then sometimes you just like, you, the more pressure you put on yourself, yeah. the more it actually goes the opposite way because you're desperately you, yeah. trying all the time. Yeah. And it's like, I actually heard Nathan Jones say, because I was doing some work at the time um where Stoke were in the same league and he I remember him saying you know you don't just lose that skill there's something I don't know what's going on mentally and that's a a comment that Nathan Jones said and I think we so often look from a skill-based and you know that comment of rebuilds and actually forget how much football or how much anything competitively is mental and I often think that about goalkeepers because I spoke to various different goalkeepers like Ben Foster, John Ruddy, even on My Sporting Mind and you're so exposed and I feel like one mistake I mean as a fan I've even found you know people doing it and myself doing it you just hone in on that keeper whereas I feel like almost as an outfield player it mashes in a bit more with the team how much I suppose my question is how much is it mental? Um, Yeah massive massively mental um I think as, as you get older as well, it, it's changed. So for me, as on the come up on the rise, if you like, of my career, there was just a complete block to just, I couldn't care less what people thought. Do you know what I mean? It, it was just, uh, I was just on my way. I was just on my journey, doing my thing, doing what I love because things, things were, things were great. Things were just constantly on the rise, opportunity after opportunity, taking them, enjoying it. And it was just, um, it was easy. Football's easy when things are things are going well because well, yeah. someone can say something bad to you and you just the confidence in you and the, and everything, it just brushes off and it's not it's the it's the nature it's the difficulty of when things get tough things go bad 
um, a losing season, a relegation, poor form, mistakes, because all those things things happen. It, there, there's no footballer that has ever had a career without a setback, without a difficult period of time where even the best get said you're not scoring enough goals or all those kind of things. So everyone goes through that. Some people go through that and have an individual struggle within a good team and they are picked up by everyone around them and they just get back there. Some people have difficult times when the club are having difficult times. Some people are shining the shining light of the team during it. So you have this this relation like we go back to relationships as well. You have, everyone's involved in a in a team, whether it be a football team where you're surrounded by managers, by staff, by fans. And it's like a cocktail and sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't mix well when you're in a difficult one. Sometimes it, it does go to plan and and the mental side of it just it is is a breeze. But for me, the difficulty of us as a club, and I was so desperate for us to get back in the Premier League with Stoke and yeah. everyone at the club was. When you're having a difficult time in the club and the fans, we're not getting what we want and they're not getting what they expect. And you have that difficult to, to, to mentally dig in and grind at that. That is when it's at its toughest, you know. And I think... Um, <sighs> The mental side is such a difficult thing to to speak about if you're struggling. I think I think some people see it as a weakness, but that if anyone in football naive enough to think that the mental side of it is not the most important thing, it is. That is that is that is greatness. That is why Man City win the league. That's why Man, uh, Liverpool won the Champions League, and that is why the best are the best and they remain the best is because there's a mentality you don't you don't start a game at the first minute the game starts years before it starts with a Klopp or a Guardiola come in and go and this is how I expect you guys to perform play on a daily basis this is how you should train and you set that standard and that's so everything starts with mentality yeah um, and then performances follow it's never done the other way around Mm. If it's done the other way around, it would just be inconsistent. It would be unsuccessful because everything starts with that. And I think for a long time, there's just been this taboo thing over, oh, shoot, there's a psychologist coming into the train to speak to you all. Or it's always seen, especially not at the top level, anywhere below the top, it's seen as a, as a weakness, as a really, do we have to, don't want to speak about that. I'd rather not. I'd rather go and do my own thing. I'd rather not discuss things and everyone's different you know some people are happy to talk about things in front of people some people are some people want to just go and have their individual conversation with someone but it's such a taboo thing and yeah certainly my experience with England that was covered you know and I watch I watch the best teams play even yesterday watching Liverpool Hmm. seeing the the way that they conduct themselves it is the best you know, they might not have won the league this year. They might not have been successful, but the the mentality to their performance has never once changed. You've still got characters there barking orders at each other, even at 2-0 up against us yesterday when, you know, two minutes to go. That mentality to win and to be the best, you, it, it never wavers, even if you're not playing well or whatever. And that's... 
that's what you want to be a part of. And that's that's when the mentality side of things are easy when you've got a group of players that and a manager that drives it. And it's but the rest of us, you know, and that's kind of I guess that's where the separation comes between the best. Yes, they have incredibly good technical players as well, but to win and win constantly, it's a, it's a mental side of it. And I think in football, probably in sport in general, but I think in football we are potentially one of the worst sports, in my opinion, at, at dealing with that side and tapping into that side. Um, for sure, I think. Isn't it weird though, right? Because that's the thing that makes you the best. Yeah. That can make you the the most successful because I can imagine as a player, if you've got, take goalkeepers, what is the difference? Because you've all got to the best level, which means your skill set is incredible. So what is the fine margin? Ultimately, probably your mental attitude, your confidence, um, you know, how you deal with outside distraction or mentally. And that's the thing that you talked about Liverpool. Yeah. Yet it's seen still as a weakness, yet it's the most, yeah. it's the, the thing that could be the difference between, yeah. I don't know, it's just so strange. Why do you think that still is? Um if you, if you look at, like, I don't, I don't know, know, any athlete as well, any athlete, it's like the difference is how they view themselves and their mental strength and their confidence. I think, I just think, I think as, as a sport, we are, whether we are, the, I think we probably are the biggest sport in the world, whether there's, yeah, you know, you can't argue that, you know, someone might argue another way with certain sports, but globally, Financially, social media presence, media in general, it is an absolute yeah. machine on this on this planet, and it is. And I think certainly, as culture has changed, as football has changed, as we've gone through the decades, I think now the game is now so under a magnifying glass at every level. The social media pressure that people are under, and that scrutiny, the the, you can't go anywhere now in football without seeing a message or an opinion about yourself, about a performance, about a team's performance, about who's coming in to replace who, who's doing this. So I think the game itself is now is open to so much scrutiny, to so much opinion, that the mental side of it has become an even bigger aspect because it's difficult. In any line, you, you see that the... the the B, not not B listers, but you you see the guys on the on the reality TV shows now. These these people, everyone is open to so much media scrutiny these days and so much opinion that it's impossible to get away from, and it's not dealt with very well. It's difficult, even mm. after a good game. Like if you're on social media, it's changed. It's changed the face of football. It's changed how. People straight after games, people have gone on their phones and, and opinions matter, matter to people. And there was a time where it just didn't. You know, for me, coming up through the academy, and through, it just didn't matter. And I think now we, we put so much emphasis on, on, on it. We, put, we allow so many people into the, the training ground for behind-the-scenes filming. And I think so much has become such a product now of football that we've just got away from... Like just people. Enjoying, just from yeah. people, from relationships, from from just enjoying and being great at what you do without worrying about what other people think about it. And it's, um, and I think we've not probably as on, on, as a whole, not dealt with that 
yeah. that change as good as uh, in football as good as perhaps other sports have done it and it's just become a bit of a machine that it's become more about other things than just just football and and the relationships within football and the experience and, and the fans everything is now taken you know front and center you know VARs a bigger talking point than people's performances nowadays or yeah. it, you know it, that's, so that's, what football's, yeah. that's what football's kind of become and it's um it's such a better sport than just to be just to be um a product and it's such it does such you know great things to just be a, a talking point and and have everything scrutinized like that but i guess that is that is the nature of mm. of the world now and, and and of sport in general it's yeah Sporting Life prides itself on being ahead of the rest by providing a rivaled analysis, opinion, debate and statistics for the sports you love. Follow Sporting Life for the best previews, stats and live horse racing and football score services. Visit sportinglife.com or download the free app for Apple and Android devices. Do you think that's sometimes the problem with England? Like going back to when you were saying when you first started and I remember when you got your first senior call up in 2012 and it was like everybody was talking about you and we've seen that repeatedly happen with different players especially under the England banner or squad um how do you look back now at that time and do you think you said something key earlier you said you know you were you were desperately trying to meet that expectation Yeah. yeah um at that point I absolutely wasn't. Uh, uh, the the early part of, of 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 my career, there was, I barely gave an ounce of thought to anything like that. You know, it was just for me, it was just doing what I loved. There was no, no one, nothing anyone could say to me would would bother me. An opportunity, I just, I just obviously still do. But you just you love what you do. Mm. And the opportunity to do it at any level, any opportunity that came along, you just grabbed it. And other people don't have that, um, don't quite have that, you know, mentality, not to say that they're wrong or not to say that it's not successful. But for me, it I wasn't under any pressure at that point. You know, a lot of people would turn around and go, you absolutely were. But to me, I, I, I wasn't. It was just doing, doing what I loved. And it's, yeah, I, I suppose it's, my mindset towards it all has, has, has changed now. It's not as easy to just just to go out and, and, and do what you do because there's so many other factors in, in, involved now. But certainly for me at that point, there was there was no pressure. I didn't struggle to deal with it. I, I thrived off it. I loved I loved the nerves before a game. You know, I still I still do. Um, but when you're young and you're naive, you, you're not even thinking about what happens if we lose or what happens if. You know, you just you just play in the game that you love, and and that's what you do. And it's only once you you get older, you start to, as you mature, you start to, yeah, factor in the implications of, well, if we actually don't have a good end to this season, we could get relegated. Or you factor in, if I don't perform well, is my England spot up for grabs? If yeah. I don't do this, is there a new contract on the table? So you, that's where that's where it then becomes because there's, there's there's more ingredients in the mix at that point. You know, when you're young and naive, you just you're not even thinking about you don't even think about, about the financial side of it. You you just you just nothing nothing even bothers you touches the sides at that point. It's just 
oh my god I'm getting to do the best job in the world and that's play football and nothing and you're else. wearing an England shirt you're oh wearing an England shirt yeah. it's like you're in you're in dreamland it can't yeah. get any better than that so when you're young it's it, it's easy um it certainly felt it felt easy for me as well um but like I said by those points you know I hadn't had any setbacks I hadn't had a loss of a loss of form or a loss of confidence and then all those things as you get older they start to factor in and they become a and they become, yeah, like, like I say, part of the ingredients, part of the machine that, that you do have to factor in. It's not easy uh, when you get older to just play without a care when there's jobs at stake or there's relegation, promotion at stake. It's not as easy to just turn up to, to a game and, and just play without, play without fear, if you like, when there's a lot, there's a lot riding on it. Because as you mature, those things those things matter to you. Not that they don't when you're younger, but you just don't have that mental side to it when you're younger. You just mm. you're just going out there doing your thing. So yeah, it's difficult. You kind of it, it's hard to take it on. Some people some people struggle with it, and some people you know take it on the chin. Those people probably get accused of maybe not caring, or they you know if they smile after a loss or something like that. It's you know it's not that people don't don't care it's people have different ways of, of dealing with it but yeah, yeah. And it's probably an element of trying to cope with it and having to t- mm. you know there's all these different behaviors of how you cope with those things and I think we mm. everybody shows their emotion differently yet we kind of almost typecast how you yeah. should show an emotion but yeah. I think that's a really common way to actually detach to be able to cope with mm. something after otherwise the pressure can just get immense yeah. what's you what stopped you Jack from from just going, oh, I don't want to do. What's the thing that stopped you from going? I, I don't want to do this anymore. It's just, um, especially when it's been really hard. Joe, I never, I never, um, never ever had that that feeling. There was times where it's just, you know what? It there wasn't a lot of positives. Do you know what I mean, you, yeah. you're, you're you're looking for that, and I've always had that that inner that inner drive. You know, even when things were at their toughest, it was like. It, it was hard. Do you know what I mean? And I had I had my moments. I had, you know, there's times where you just where you you're driving in or you finish training. And you just like, I just want to go home. Yeah. You know, and you just like, and it, it, and it, I didn't like it, but it was like I I was I didn't feel myself. I didn't feel confident to just because I wasn't playing well. I didn't even I didn't have it in me to just to hang about the training ground to to tell you know to tell jokes be a part of the group because I was I was so embroiled in this is this is killing me that I'm not playing well like it's killing me as a club that we weren't doing well this is killing me that I'm not yeah I'm not playing well and I didn't feel you know I felt I was sheepish it was like I was shy and that's just not the kind of person I am I didn't I didn't find it comfortable being around the group and being myself because I was like how am I supposed to be my confident loud self if I'm not playing well and yeah just kind of went into my went into my shell a little bit and I was like this is this is just not it's not what I'm about I was in you know to the point of being embarrassed by it um I was like this is this is not what I'm about and I just I I can't can't be doing this and um and it ended up being it ended up being the change to Palace but even before that I was going I need to this is what I love doing I need to get back so I, the, throughout the difficult times at Stoke I was still determined as ever and wanting to get back to where 
where I want to be in terms of a playing um, standard of performance. And um, so never once thought about like, I'm going to hang them up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I've got far too much to, to give and offer still. Um, yeah. But had, had, look, had, had the Palace opportunity not come along, then, yeah, I don't know. I certainly wouldn't have been hanging my, my gloves up, if you like, but I needed, I needed something. I would, if I, if that hadn't come along, I would have needed to find something, some way of getting back to my best. And yeah, I guess I don't know what that would have been. And that's quite um, a daunting feeling because I've, I'm, I'm sat here now after this season and, and training every day and doing what I love to a high, high standard. The thought of if I hadn't moved, what would it have taken for me to find that again? You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And that's yeah. quite a daunting feeling. I actually don't know. Um, because I was struggling in that environment to find that. And that's not to say the environment was wrong. It just, for, for me, I was struggling within that. And yeah, for me, it, unfortunately, it, it kind of meant removing myself from that environment. And that's not how I wanted my time at Stoke to finish but from a selfish perspective in in the end leaving was the right thing yeah and, and we left on and we left on good terms which meant an awful awful lot to me yeah. because I owe a lot to that club and we had some incredible incredible times together but um yeah I don't quite know where or what it would have taken for me to find find my best again if I hadn't of have, have and I guess that's quite a daunting mm. daunting feeling really some people don't get that opportunity to find it again mm. if you like it's funny you use the word selfish because it's not I don't think it's remotely selfish it's your own self-preservation and actually it's your own self-care and I think you know in whatever context it is obviously the majority of us aren't professional footballers so we can't relate in that sense but I think you know the fact that you lost your confidence and things just weren't working right I think it's so natural human behavior that we all do that thing where we want it's so hard when you're not feeling right to sit and joke and laugh and like it almost makes it worse because you're putting on this outside face and it makes you even feel more lonely inside the more you have to kind of act and I think people really revert and introvert into themselves because it's a way of coping and protecting yourself from from those feelings even more so I think it you know, it makes complete sense. And I think a lot of people listening will understand yeah. that in their own context of how they feel. You almost just want to like hide away and yeah. be in your, your safety yeah. and place. Yeah. What and would that's, you... That's, that's, the, that's what you need to, that's what you need to avoid. You know, yeah, exactly. It's difficult to do that. You've got to avoid letting all of that dictate you as a, you as a person. You know, I know, you know, um, Annabelle, my partner, would, would, would say it, but she she would say that you, you don't look, you know, we, we had not long had George, you know, and it should have been a part of time of my life where we were, or certainly I was flying high and he is the greatest thing along with Freddie to ever happen, you know, to me. Um, but there was a time, I just wasn't, you know, wasn't myself. So it was affecting me at home because I care that much about football. I care that much about, I care that much about what people think of me. And that's, I did when I was younger, but didn't, it didn't bother me. I didn't, I didn't, it, you know, I'd brush it off, but I I would still, I would still care. I would still be interested. I would still be determined to prove people wrong, even at a young age. And right. You're saying I'm no good. Well, I'm going to show you. 
but when you when things aren't going well and you're still trying to prove that and then you you care about that too much that's my that's where it goes wrong for me is i invest so much emotion into it that i was just it you know i cared too much i was not my happy self at home now that I'm now that I got away from that, I was like, I wasn't, you know, you, know, you were, you, were, you were a pain in the ass, you know, you weren't, because my mind was so focused on, on, on the football aspect of it that I was just not being, not being myself, and I think it's such a difficult thing to avoid when you're so invested in, in whatever it is, whatever line of work, yeah. when you're so invested in something to try and make it work, whether you, it's a startup business that you're really trying to make work. It's it's really difficult to to maintain that when things get you know when things get tough and things don't go yeah. to plan and and I don't quite know what oh, this is a this is a million dollar question isn't it like how do you prevent yourself from doing that I guess oh, that's was, what I was going to ask you you haven't you, got the answer could, no if you could <laughs> if you I'm sorry I don't have it I think that's what we'd all be, we'd be billionaires if we, if we had the answer. Um, and that's such a difficult thing. It's a it's a it's a journey, isn't it? It's an understanding of yeah, recognition of what what you need to do, what's going wrong, what's what you need to what you need to cling on to, what you need to blow up and make bigger in your life and focus on more, what you need to just stamp out. Um, and it's it's difficult. It is really really difficult um, when things aren't aren't going well. But for me, yes, the the, the change helped. Um, you know, moving to Palace, Palace helped, but there was a few conversations I, I had with um, a guy called Tom Bates. Um, don't know whether you've come across across Tom. Massive on on mindset and psychology. He worked at, at, at Birmingham when I was there. He's gone on to work I think, with Brentford, Villa, professional athletes, Team GB. He's done done things weird as well. And he was like, "What, what do you need to prove to anyone? You know, what what have you look at what you've done." Look what you've what look at what you've achieved. What do you need to prove to anyone that people don't already know? And that's where, you know, I was like, Well, I wanna be doing I'm not happy with this, I'm not happy with that. I said, but what do you need to what do you what do you need to prove? What more do you need to think about other than just being being Jack Butland? And that was what he would you know, he, what he said to me and I was like it was difficult at first for me to decompartmentalize it and put that put the care aside if you like of what other people think and what the emotional side of it and then just 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 to be just to be Jack Butland and it still it put me in a much better place it was still a I still didn't rediscover that form you know straight away but it certainly put me in a, a better place to like not you know what get back to and it doesn't mean not caring. Just get back to not caring. Don't sweat the small stuff. Stop worrying about what some donut has got to say to you on, on social media. What, what does that matter? How does that... You just do your thing. You be chat button, then the rest the rest follows. The rest changes its, <laughs> its itself, you know. But, um, yeah, that you know, million-dollar question is difficult. But... Mm. Um, Sticking to what you know, remind, remember what made you successful, remember what made you achieve those things in the first place, you know, and, and, and for me that was, and that was part of that, you know, part of that process. But um, I think when things are going bad and you're feeling that way, usually because you're trying to, 
you're trying to please everyone or you're trying yeah. to you got to you're trying to juggle too many things too many things that you can't control too many things that don't matter and you get you get embroiled in that and you get stuck in that that vicious circle of dealing with things that just don't matter you know we're always going to be under the spotlight in football accept it you're always going to be judged people's opinions on your performance accept it and just just do your thing and if you're if you are talented if you are confident and the rest will the rest will follow and i suppose that you know you can change the vocab a little bit on that but that's i guess that's the recipe for kind of if you are in a or even if you're in a good place to stay in a good place is just to remind yourself yeah. what got you there what's important and what's not mm. and certainly if you're in a if you're in a bad spot you're trying to get out of that remind yourself of the things that matter and the things that that don't and put it on a piece of paper, roll it up and chuck it out, you know, whatever, whatever you have to do to, to remove that because they're the things that kind of end up holding you, holding you back. Yeah, they do. And you know, when you were talking, then I was thinking, I was finding to myself about the, what are you trying to prove? Um, because you know what I do is if somebody says, I've had that said to me before, um, look at what you've done. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, but, and I've always yeah, got a but. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah, but I have a. I do that all. It's going to be perfect. You're never going to go through a <laughs> career, a life, and everything. It's just not going to happen. So trying to, try, there's no such thing as perfection. You're never going to find it. It's never going to be brilliant all the time. Um, but I think in sport and any profession where you're under the spotlight, you you don't want that. You don't want any smudges on that. You don't want any dense in anything you want it to just be and it's never going to be that way I think yeah I think for me that was exactly that it was that when you it's okay to use them as motivation as to go I wasn't happy with that so I'm going to bounce back that's going to be my motivation for this week to do a little bit more in the gym to do a little bit more even if you're you're good at those things just to do a bit more of it anyway that's fine it's when you start to go and let it bother you and as long as you don't let it bother you, as long as you use it, if you're going to focus on any negatives, just use it as motivation, use it as a goal for that week, if you like. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that when, whenever you're under the spotlight, we are yourself and any time in any profession you're under, under the spotlight, it's um, it's the it's the easiest thing to do is to suck yourself into that. So just, just leave it alone. Yeah. Oh, God. Alone. I, honest to God, I can relate to so much of what you're talking about. I've definitely got a terrible perfectionist trait but actually I sometimes I've almost flipped it because I'm like oh, well that's actually made me who I am and where I am I just have to be really careful of it Jack at the end of these conversations I normally ask what advice would you give to anybody yeah that's struggling or going through a journey but I can hear so many bits of advice that you talked about and I I can hear listening to you and I hope everybody can um that you you can hear the journey you've gone through and the acceptance mm-hmm. And which I think is really powerful. So is there anything other than what you said or one bit of advice you would give to anybody that's going through that journey themselves in whatever walk of life they're in? Yeah, I think I didn't say it, but you said it then, is, is the acceptance. I think that's ownership for when things, ownership and kind of acceptance of when when things go wrong. And it's, a, it's something that um, I learned from during my struggles towards the end at Stoke. There was, I was making mistakes. I don't need anyone to... 
I, no one needs to tell me that. We all we all know that fans they know it. That wasn't me. I wasn't performing well. But at that point, I didn't have a great acceptance. I was that almost in, embarrassed by what I had done. I didn't. Um, after a mistake, I just I just believed that everyone knew that I knew what I had done was was a mistake. You know. So like at the change room afterwards, what I should have done, but it. And I had in the past when I've made a mistake, but when I when I was in a different place, kind of mentally, when I was, when I was in my confident self, you still make mistakes at that point. But when I was in my kind of lower confident self, I made a mistake, and I came in from the training train um, into the change room, and I was embarrassed by it. I almost felt like I don't need to hold my hand up and go sorry, lads, because I was like, surely they know, surely they know. I think that, and you know what, the best thing that I could have done was got it off my chest and gone, sorry, lads, like, that was a mistake. They knew it was anyway, but I, when I was, I struggled with that. So the biggest thing for me, because I was embarrassed by it, I felt like, how have I, why am I doing this? You know, the standard that I've set for myself, I was embarrassed by the mistakes I was making. And it then became, and I've, now I've accepted it, like any time that happens, any time you're going through, you make a mistake, the easiest thing you can do is to ignore it but and to not do anything. But it's harder, but the better thing to do is to put your hands up, mm. to accept you've made a mistake, to accept you've done something wrong, to apologise to whoever needs to be apologised to. And it's done then. It's off your chest. It's a difficult conversation. The, the most rewarding conversations are the difficult ones. The most, yeah. The ones that you get it all off your chest, the ones where you can are the hardest conversations to have. But if you just do it, if you just start by saying a word, just to get it out your mouth, start on that conversation to apologize, you will be respected for it. You will be, um, you'll be accepted for it because you're a good person. You're not going to have that held against you. Put your hands up, accept it and on you go and then keep doing what you're doing. Stick to what you believe in, stick to your, stick to your process, cut out, the things that don't matter in your life, cut out the opinions of people that don't matter, that are not important, have an ownership of when things go wrong because they do and use that as fuel or use that as motivation to, to not allow that to happen again or yeah, to put, to put things right. And um, yeah, that's certainly during my most difficult times is something that I struggled with. And I, I honestly believe if I, if I had done that, things would have changed a lot quicker um but like I said at that point at the point I left at the point I left Stoke I hadn't come to that conclusion yet yeah you know and I think that was the biggest thing for me at that point is I hadn't I didn't have an acceptance of and I didn't own up not own up didn't have an acceptance of what I'd done wrong and all the mistakes I was making and was just kind of like defiantly trying to just push on push on push on um, when the easiest thing to do was to probably own up, have an acceptance to to the mistakes, and and I think the environment would have been, I would have felt a lot more comfortable in the environment had I done that. Um, but listen, we we learn in hind- hindsight's great, but that's what I know now. So that's obviously what I can I can I can pass on to anyone that's potentially in that in that situation. It's an acceptance. Don't don't just plow on with you know with blind eye to it just accept it if you have to publicly say it not publicly in the press but 
to the people that to Does the people that, that matter. Yeah. So that to your family, to your teammates, to the manager, whatever. And I think it goes a long way to go in mm. uh, sweeping it under the carpet and, and, and moving on. Um, yeah, certainly an, an acceptance because I know I never gave up. So it wasn't a case of lack of effort or lack of trying. It was a definite. Um, just didn't accept it. Mm. Didn't accept what I was doing, and I think that would have, have you know, potentially change things much quicker yeah you were like trying to find a way to cope with it but ultimately it it was probably actually knocking yeah. your confidence even more because you're probably yeah, making you, yourself feel you're holding on to yourself. it you're yeah. giving yourself even more yeah baggage <laughs> yeah. to to hold on to and you're trying to when you're trying to be the best you can you can't afford to be carrying anything with you, mm. that, you that you don't need especially mentally you know you can you can carry a niggle and you can carry a, a sore sore finger or whatever you can you can get through physically your body your body will stand up to a lot but but mentally if you're carrying if you're carrying something in there that you really need to to get out you're never going to be able to to perform efficiently if there's you're carrying something mentally no chance you can't not when you're not at the, not at the top top level you can't you just can't get away with that yeah i think in in life you can't really um Jack, it's been so amazing to speak to you. Before I let you go, um, yeah, I'd love because I was at the very, very beginning. You mentioned um, your manager, who's obviously Roy Hodgson. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to ask you about him just before we go. Um, yeah. obviously it was his last season in charge of Palace, and he gave you your England debut. And yeah. I mean, I've met him a few times and interviewed him. He's such a lovely. Yeah. Never mind everything else. He's just such a lovely man. How yeah. much has he helped you? Um, incredibly so. I, 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 he made the announcement earlier on last week, and I was waiting for an opportunity when him and Ray were alone, or at least I could get them together. I wanted to speak to them together because I wanted to, yeah, thank them. So I, you know, I pulled them and I just said, look, I wanted to speak to you, you know, you guys together, and just say thank you because nine years ago now they gave me an opportunity to go to a major championships to represent my country after, after playing no games at all, really after playing league two football on loan at Cheltenham, after playing a bunch of games with England's age groups and, and stuff like that. And, and, and this is where Stuart Pearce comes into it as well. He was the under 21s manager at the time for putting me forward and then, and, and saying, look, if you need, a backup or you need someone that you want to take for experience and, and whatever that Jack's your man and the manager and Ray took it upon themselves if you like to, and trusted in that and trusted in me and took me along to a to a major tournament at 19 years old mm. and opened my eyes to the standard the level that is the highest level in the world with the top players that do you know what they really didn't have to do you know you could we could have had an injury nightmare and all of a sudden they're looking at having to call upon a 19 you know they didn't have to do that they gave me that opportunity they let me like i said open my eyes to this to the standard of um of football that i'd never come across before and gave an opportunity to a kid that yeah that had worked hard but they gave me an opportunity and and yeah that was has set me kind of on my way and and did really then elevated my profile it elevated everything and it gave me an opportunity in football that 
at that age is un, is unheard of. And to follow that up two, three months later with my England debut is something that I'll always be incredibly grateful to them for. Um, because it's it's some it's a, well, it's the best moment in my career to represent the country, your first one, and puts my name kind of in the record books as the youngest goalkeeper ever to play for England. And I have to pinch myself every now and again about that because I'm still I'm still going. I want to play for England. I want still want to play more. And I forget that you know what I've done some incredible things. But that's just me wanting to get back to that level and and giving me an opportunity to come back to the Premier League and kind of rediscover my my form and what, what I'm capable of. So I owe an incredible, you know, incredible lot to them when I said that to them. And, and uh, yeah, I owe an incredible lot. Uh, I owe, you know, almost my my career to them. So, um, yeah, I said thank you as as every player that I think has ever worked with them has, has, has done because there's not many managers, I think it goes without saying, him leaving Palace. The reception and the relationships that he's built over four years mind not we're not talking Sir Alex Ferguson length managerial career at Man United we're not talking Arsene Wenger we're talking he's he's done four years at Palace on top of an incredible career management that he's had but four years is a relatively short time or maybe not short time anymore in management but <laughs> the relationship that, that he has built with that club with those fans with the players over a four-year period is like nothing I've ever seen before and I think that's testament to the person that he is to to create that and he and he received gifts off of us as a as, as a group of players and 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 he opened admitted that he had never had a gift at any point from any of his you know teams to um that he had left or parted ways with from from the players so really? i think that goes without saying yeah so i think that goes without saying that um i think everywhere he's been he's had an incredible send off for an incredible reception from the majority of places he's been but I think that goes without saying that um, the, the relationships he created at Palace and the, the relationship with the club and was 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 quite incredible. So there's a lot of people that owe a lot to him. Me, me, and me personally, I do. Um, so yeah, I hope he goes and puts his feet up somewhere and yeah. um, reminisces on quite an incredible career that he's had and um, and and goes to, goes and chills out. But I um, I'm pretty sure he's not going to do that. I'm pretty sure he's going to be very difficult to shake off. Um, I was going to say that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I he'll have 10 minutes and then I'll be like, yeah. right, what can he, I do now? He absolutely loves traveling. So I think he's going to, I think he's got, a, he, I think he would love to do that um, and, and go out and see some places and, 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 and do all the things that perhaps football has hindered him from doing um, because it's so full on being a manager. So mm-hmm. I hope he goes and, 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 and does that but I think he's going to be quite hard to keep away from football so we will see we will see <laughs> thanks so much Jack honestly it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and that's no, been good Enjoy I'm it. really looking forward to actually seeing what these next few seasons bring out of you because me too it's just really great to hear your journey and it's really inspiring too so thank you very thank much you. no thank you it's been and, uh, have a little bit of a rest yeah, I'm going to try to. I feel like you're already to. ready to start the season. <laughs> I, I am. I am. But um, no, I need, need, need to rest, um, need to chill out, spend, mm. some, spend some quality time with the family. And, yeah. um, and then we'll go again in, go again in six weeks and, and see, what, see what the future holds. Thank you. And thanks all for listening as well. I hope you really enjoyed it. Don't forget to check no. out our other episodes. There's loads for you to enjoy. 
If you like football, there's plenty of football episodes with Petr Cech, Ben Foster, Eric Dyer, Adam Lalana, and loads, loads more. And remember to visit sportinglife.com ahead of the rest when it comes to unbiased opinion and sports analysis. And if you're really struggling, you can always reach out. I think it is one of the, the main things that Jack really spoke about. Charities such as mine, the Samaritans, and Sporting Mind are there and do understand. And I know it can be tough to reach out, but people do want to listen and help. You can also text SHOUT to 85258 if you don't want to talk on the phone. Take care. Thanks for listening. And we'll speak again soon.